0: The law of one states
1: that we are all members of one body, that the creator is a being who learns on a macro scale and Ra says that consciousness, love, light, light, love and joy, these are parts of the journey of our own experience and then the Creator's experience. And part of this wonderful phenomena that we live, this reality is that we get to intentionally share our love with each other in our hearts. And this not only contributes to a group soul, a group higher self, but we can program this group higher self to love the world. So I'm gonna ask right now that we picture
0: the world, bring the world in your mind's eye.
1: And go in your mind's eye where you feel the calling right now. Could be anywhere, might even surprise you. Just act, act according to
0: your heart's compass. And I'm going to ask you to send light love to that area. It can be any color, but you will
1: intuit the color that is needed for that area for healing. We ask that you bless, One Infinite Creator, that you bless this gathering tonight as we explore more the nature of love, the nature of unity and union and we thank you for the opportunity to be here amen okay very good well it's great to be here um there's only probably two or three of us that have a decent exposure to the law of one we've all done some things in it so tonight is just a matter of um questions and responses and discussions And I'll kind of steward that conversation so we we have some good discussion here. Uh, I'd like to open up the floor and ask if there's anything that you might want to, that's on your heart to ask today. And uh, Demarcus and I are both going to be kind of fielding these. And so I'll I'll, I'll start out um, responding and then ask Demarcus if he wants to weigh in. So um, I know Sally had a question right off the bat, uh, but is there anybody else that might have some thoughts that you want to share or anything you've been wondering about?
0: <laughs> I have a question. Okay. When we, I'm... Are you ready for questions now? Or oh, you want yeah. To just wait? Go for it.
2: So I've been reading something about the oversoul, and I don't really understand it. <laughs> I've been reading. I appreciate some
1: guidance there. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the oversoul is another word that Ra talks about as the higher self. And um, the higher self is a being. It's you in mid-sixth density. Mid-sixth density. Um and so sixth density is the density of union and unity. Mm-hmm. And it is the density that um <clears throat> is Ross says they're outside of time, but they're also in time, so it's kind of this flux state. And it's mid uh sixth density starts obviously like it's you could think it of as six point one and goes all the way to six point seven as because everything is an octave within an octave. So the higher self is located in the mid part of that. And it is a self, it has a body. Um, it is you that's about two billion with a B years older, <laughs> if we're to count our years, but because they can be outside of time, um, they are the higher selves are capable of communicating with us now and in fact a lot of our intuitions that you might have are coming from the higher self and the higher self cannot infringe upon your free will its own free will in third density and so we as the third density expression of ourselves um, can ask for aid or clarity and if the higher self using some co- sort of complex algorithm <laughs> uh, is able to answer us not and not frin- infringe upon our free will, then we can get answers. And then another thing about the higher self, which is interesting, is um, through magical kinds of rituals, and I, it, d- it doesn't have to be like esoteric magical, can be, but um, there can be just maybe even conventional Religious rituals in certain ways, and I know I myself have felt this way sometimes in my own sessions with with clients where you can call upon the higher self to actually come inside you for a moment of time and so in that moment you have a, a true um marriage a, a wanting if you can't if you can imagine the a, a word one but a, a verb making it a verb, a wanting of the higher self in sixth density then experiences itself inside the third density body. Um, so you have a almost a complete channeling there. But Ross says it's very important to, at the end of the ritual, to release the higher self so that it can assume it's appropriate analog to our, its third density expression. Mm. Yeah. So that's one way to understand the higher self or the oversoul. Demarcus, did you have something you wanted to share about that?
3: Um, Well, yeah, one thing interesting I'll note about the higher self is it's pretty much a conglomerate. um, It's pretty much a store of all of the lessons that you've learned in every single incarnation across all of the densities. And it's gifted to your mid-sixth density self by your seventh density self. Um, before you you know, you know, strip yourself of your individuality and turn into foreverness. And so pretty much your higher self has this vast store of knowledge from all of your incarnations that is able to use at its disposal. And you also work with your higher self prior to incarnation um, to plan the upcoming lifetime. Your higher self also helps to program catalysts while we're in our incarnation. And then our higher, we also work with our higher selves post-incarnation and review Our past lifetimes and um, so on and so forth and plan for the next incarnation so it's a very great uh, resource and tool and it's kind of it's something that stays with us so at some point we will meet ourselves
1: well you'll simply just become it um but you can meet it at any time because the higher self is not a being that is um constrained by time so in our linear time it's two billion years more advanced than us if we were to you know look at our progress here but at that level uh there is no constraint on time and so you you can talk to your higher self and you probably had lots of encounters and there's sometimes when i'm doing counseling with clients uh, you know, if it's appropriate and things open up and they want to do this, we, we sometimes do trances where they, they have an experience of connecting with their higher self in like a light trance. And I'm sure Troy's done things like that too. Um, the, other, the other thing I want to share about the higher self is that you can actually uh, form one through having a relationship with somebody, can actually create um, a self in, in the astral realm, which is called time-space. And that self, the more that you invest in your relationship with, with um, that relation, th- that the more you invest in the relationship between somebody, it actually has, it begins to have a higher self, an oversoul. And so this group right here has an oversoul. It's a building forth oversoul that we all contribute to. And Ross says that the oversoul is a gestalt. It is more than the sum of the parts and it operates at an incredibly intense intelligence and wisdom. Yeah. Uh, Troy, did you, uh, I want to go to Sally. Troy, did you want to comment? And then Sally.
4: I wondered if uh, Rudy would want to add anything about her experience recently. Or, But not, no,
0: don't if you don't feel it, Rudy. That That's a good question. I don't have anything to say
2: about it say on that question in particular, except, um, I think the, uh, the wisdom of the higher self is remarkably transformative. That's all I got at this moment. Thanks, Troy.
1: Yeah. And you can learn to dialogue with your higher self after a dream, uh, for Troy for like three years. I mean, I sent you how many hundreds of pages over the years of my dreams and I would just literally talk to my higher self, like, what did this mean? Boom, get an answer. What did this mean? Boom. (laughs) So you can kind of train yourself to dialogue back and forth, yeah. Sally.
2: Thank you. So on the topic of chakras, um, two have really caught my attention. And I'm listening to the Living the Law of One that Carla, uh, A guy is narrating it, but Carla apparently wrote it. So um, in order to have an open heart, he says that we have to have complete self-acceptance and complete self-forgiveness and complete self-awareness, self-knowledge, I think. And unless we have that open heart, the throat, Chakra, the blue ray energy cannot be pure. It can't. It can't come from that. What did he call it? Bright, shining place. So, and and they reference the word player a lot, and almost like this incarnation is a game. And so, I just I'm very curious about those things.
1: Okay. Um, The Ross says that there's basically five stages in the game of life, and those stages are. And I've written on this, and actually um, I can link that over to you if you'd like. But um, it is acceptance and acceptance of of you in the moment, acceptance of our circumstances. it's not acceptance in the sense of like, I'm just going to accept everything and it's okay. Um, it's more of accept all of the variables that you can understand about your life right now without judgment. Just accept that it is as it is. And then it is to forgive. That's the next step. So acceptance and forgiveness. And forgiveness um, is it's a utilization of the will. Uh, so because one has to um, basically allow the debt, whatever debt it is, to be released. And so there is a dying of the need to have a debt. <laughs> there's a dying for the need to be in debt. Um, and that is, Ross says, in forgiveness lies the um, release of the wheels of karma. It's what it's the only thing that Rod talks about is as stopping the inertia of karma. That you know, objects that stay in motion or objects that are will stay in rest will be there. And so uh, forgiveness is big. And then after that, it is to balance the self. Um, and balancing the self is, in my mind, equivalented to um, the blue ray, the throat. Because once you get into the heart, and the heart is this place of love and understanding, and love and understanding, I think of it as a 360, you know, degree view of as much as we can understand, both ourselves and somebody else, you see. And then you, um, you balance if you need to balance in terms of the self. Uh, do I need to put boundaries to myself? Do I need to put boundaries for other people? You know, um, how, if I've been hard on myself, what does it look like to be more self-giving and loving, (laughs) giving to myself, you see? And so balancing is a complex, um, you know, complex thing to think about. And there's lots going in there. Uh, And then it's opening ourselves up to more love. And this requires us to continue our journey to seek, desire to seek, desire to learn. And Ross says that our will is desire. And so if we desire to seek more and we have the faith that our desiring bears fruit, that is opening ourselves up to more love. So if we're desiring for more love. And we have the faith that will be guided and led there. And all of those things, acceptance, forgiveness, balance, and opening ourselves up, actually feed and inform the very first thing. And that is to know the self. To know the self is to know the self at all these different levels. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a. Very brief and basic overview on that. Uh, it's a very it's a very great topic, and you know we could spend a lot more time on it. I want to um, b- I'm gonna before I move and ask Demarcus to weigh in. I'm gonna just a- um, ask Alan and Neil to voice the questions, and then we'll bring in Demarcus. Alan, did we lose Alan? Oh, there you are. Okay, go ahead. Sorry.
5: I lowered my hand instead of unmuting. <laughs> um, my question was a follow on to the, uh, higher self, uh, question. And, um, so it gets kind of muddy for me. I, um, I, I know we're all one. You know, I know we have, you know, we, we reincarnate. Um, and, but when you talk about your higher self and my higher self, in the, sixth densi- in the sixth density, um, it still sounds like there's separation. Like there's still some implication of individuality and separation, and um, it just gets kind of muddy for me. Like if there's been all these incarnations, if if we're all one, and there's been all these incarnations, like in the sixth density, who is that higher self? If I speak to my higher self, if I dialogue with my higher self, who is that actually?
1: Okay. Does that make sense? It, it makes sense. Um, okay, so I, I didn't know you were going to talk, ask a different question outside of um, the chakras okay. one. So we're going to put a tab on yours. I'm going to ask DeMarcus to weigh in on anything that uh, Sally said about chakras. Is there anything that you wanted to add to that, DeMarcus? Um no,
3: not to Sally. Okay. What about to Alan's? Um yeah, so Alan to answer your question, so our higher self is essentially us, but much farther um in advancement down the line in a higher density. Um keep in mind that time is not linear, even though we experience time um in the linear fashion here in third density outside of that time is pretty much a circle. And so essentially our sixth density selves is us in the future that has reached a point of evolution to where it is no longer a part of time and it can turn back and act as a resource to all of its previous incarnations. So that's pretty much you in any density leading up to the mid-sixth density. Your higher self is you at that future point turning back to help your previous selves. So a an example or analogy would be um, say you're senior year in high school, you're a senior year in high school and you know, you have all of the lessons and the knowledge that you've learned leading up to that point and you've gained the ability to be able to turn back and help your younger self. So say for instance your fourth grade self reached out and asked a question where you at the senior level with you know a much further point in your evolution is now able to turn back and help your fourth uh, grade self, if that makes sense. Like I said, the sixth sixth density self, higher self, is outside of time. So that's why it is able to act as a resource for us in any of our lifetimes, leading up to that point, if that makes sense.
1: Alan, you might want to picture the higher self instead of a linear way up here and then the third density self is here. Uh, It's helpful for me to picture a circle and then the higher self could be right in the middle. And then picture the circle as all your, all your lives from third density to fourth density, fifth density, all your lives are, are surrounding the higher self and they're mm-hmm. all feeding the higher because think of simultaneity, not, not linear time. They're all feeding the higher self at the same time. So the higher self is like this super complex, um, thought form, like, a, a totally complex computer that's receiving data from 2 billion years worth of experience into one sentient um, self. And from there, you can dialogue and and get, um, well, learn how to love more. Right. What the, but
5: the other thing about sixth density, right? Ra, Ra was, <laughs> or in sixth density, right? And Ra is
0: a social memory complex. So yeah. Ra is, so is
5: the higher self an individual? yes mind body or, or
1: is it social both. both sorry it's it, you, you're looking for clarity did you actually say you wanted clarity <laughs> uh the higher self is both an individual but it's an individual of your society so let's say there's an alan thomas society that's made up of a billion beings i don't know <laughs> how many you know maybe 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 let's say a thousand beings if you count all the lives in third density fourth density fifth, all of these the and all of those a, a society of allen create um a beingness an Alan-ness, okay of your essence and that essence has um the russian nesting dolls of you has the largest there's a large Russian nesting doll at the top that all the other ones fit inside. All right. But then that Russian nesting doll is connected like a node in a web of all of these other Russian nesting dolls. That would be your societal social memory complex. So these would be your, your, um, let's say group that you're in and you're all connected and all creating Yet another higher self that is all of your social memory complex has a higher self. (laughs) And Ross says that that higher self, the oversoul of the social memory complex, is like incredibly super powerful uh, at, at, at like a gestalt level, like way, way even more impressive than just a regular higher self. So it's beings within beings within beings. And you keep following
4: it, and you get the turtles all the way up. You see? Uh, Yeah, or higher selves all the way up, or higher higher beingness all the way up. And I think for practical purposes, you know, probably useful to think of two or three levels, and you know within our easy access to ourselves is our higher self, but then beyond that is a maybe a logoic self, and then beyond that is a infinite creator self or something. And they're all in one way they're they're all us, but in, in another way, we're all sort of different beings at different levels. Mm-hmm. Feels like fractals.
1: Well, that's oh. all we are. I mean, think of it this way, oh, you yeah. are God's sense organs. We are all God's sense organs to figure out for God to figure out who God is. And that's what and so God has to individuate in all these different little fractal ways and uh mm-hmm. That's what we are. Uh, Neil, did you have something you wanted to say? And then Fred? Doug, I just wanted to say
5: thanks oh. for the clarity.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, man. I don't know if it was any clearer. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. <sighs>
0: yeah, it was a little bit um, different topic, so I didn't want to keep my hand up there. Um, on the,
1: that's okay.
6: It's on the quarantine the planet and I was just kind of curious on did the council set that up or did the planet did our planet have some say in that and is there a sentience to Gaia itself and knowing that it's under quarantine or was the quarantine set up by just members of the confederation okay is it just a kind of energy quarantine or
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out something and then I'm gonna ask um, Demarcus to weigh in because I know he's done some thinking about this too. Um, th- this is how I understand that is I understand my way of understanding it is that all um, there's gonna be quarantines. That's just part of a, a planet's own development, but how it gets there, the particulars in how a planet would get quarantined would have what it something has to trigger the need for a quarantine to get there but all all planets would have a quarantine and so um i think one of the things that we can look at in terms of all of the the goings-on in the law of one in terms of orion and the confederation and all these actors that are acting on the stage you know they're all playing a part uh but the part they're playing a part to install important developmental levels in the evolution of not only our planet, but really it's about the sub logos, the soul, the sun. you know we are a part of the body of the soul, the sun, as let's you could call it our local god, if you will, and so um the quarantine was first installed uh, by, I think Ra would talk about as the Council of Nine, the Council of Saturn would put uh, the quarantine in, and it was a response to the rest of the Confederation seeing Yahweh's infringement from their perspective. Yahweh was infringing upon the rights of the Martian souls that they brought over, and so uh, it was this sense of We need to uh, protect the capacity for third density uh, life and consciousness to develop in a way that is accordance with free will. And so the quarantine is installed at that point and then it gets strengthened or lessened depending upon how much calling the third density population does in order to realize it needs to grow so for a long time there was nothing done for the quarantine that didn't need to be strengthened it did need to be installed did not need to be strengthened until there was um a need to ratchet it up when other uh other entities and beings were coming in to the earth's field and so but did Gaia know um Gaia's particular consciousness is the third density consciousness. We are the planetary mind, like the cutting edge, the bot, the noosphere, because, you know, the Gaia basically has a geosphere, a biosphere and a noosphere. No, N O O sphere is what Teilhard de Chardin talked about. And the noosphere is this membrane, this layer of consciousness awareness um, that the planet has of itself. And that consciousness awareness is our third density uh, human collective unconscious. So it knows it as much as we do because we are that, and that is us. All right, Demarcus, correct me. Uh, I
0: actually
3: have nothing to add. Just summed it up nicely.
1: Oh, all right.
6: Cool. So I, I guess just to follow up, like the quarantine itself, these nine beings just. Sprayed out some energy and it covered our
1: planet in this web of protection, I guess. Well, at that level, it, they actually eat like these cosmic beings. And then it's really kind of like passing Gat. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a joke. Very, very bad. Um, my guess is the nine beings that make up the Council of Saturn... Are actually beings who uh, embody the nine principles like I think that there i 've been really trying to write on this lately, but it seems like there's nine principles that allow the one infinite creator to create, and that is like for example there 's the principle of polarity there 's the principle of consciousness there 's the principle of reconciliation or forgiveness there 's the principle of um, the moving and not moving. I mean, there's these nine major principles and you could think of them as ingredients in a soup, you know, and the soup's not perfect until all of them are in there. And then um, did they create and put over this quarantine? Uh, I think they probably coordinated with the guardians that are even above our octave, and they created what's called a light quarantine that would be kind of like a firewall, you know, like a firewall. And the beings that are above our octave, that are ca- capital G guardians that Ra talks about, are ones they're like the lords of karma, and they create an incredibly complicated algorithm that is exactly measured with every human being's karmic balance every society's karmic balance juxtaposed to the law of of doubling like this comes with calling like we need aid you know help us all of that goes into this crazy complex algorithm and um allows just enough darkness a chance to come in to match what light is in here, and allows just enough light, the potential for positive activity to match the activated darkness. So everything is, is given a chance for us third density beings to make a decision in polarity and then run with it. But since we're not making decisions to actually polarize, it keeps getting more complex here in third density. <laughs>
3: I want to add on to that. Um, Rod says that the guardians sweep the quarantine pretty much. They're pretty much on watch um, 24-7 and they they stop or hail any um, approaching entity in the law of one. Um, Any entity that, you know, is not in accordance or in vibration with the law of one, you know, pretty much is dismissed. However, there is the random window effect, which Doug was talking about, that the negative entities do take advantage of. And that is allowed because of pretty much essentially the principle of balance. Uh, under the law of one. So if positive entities are being allowed to come in, then negative entities must also have an opportunity to come in. But because of the quarantine, they're not allowed to freely come. They have to take advantage of the uh, random window effect that takes place within the quarantine. But the guardians that that Doug was talking about that do assist the council and did help institute the quarantine, they do sweep um, the quarantine constantly. I
1: mean, I just think it's a part of their body you know, it's uh, that these guys, these beings are so incredibly powerful. They, they basically are light itself. And so it's not just sweeping. I mean, they're sweeping in the sense that you're, if you're sitting there, Neil and a mosquito comes and lands on your skin, you're sweeping your skin and you're going to go like that. Um, Yeah. You, you would, you would feel uh, some kind of intruder or or something there yeah
0: um barbara i you know i think that
2: you both just shed some light on this but and i think i read this in probably the uh, well it could have been the contact guide or it could have been Wander's handbook but If the positive path only seeks positive experience, it will become sharply unbalanced. And you just spoke to that and, you know, we spoke about balance previously. So is that what pretty much what you were speaking to?
1: Well, there's to say positive, in my opinion, is a misnomer. Uh, Really, what we're talking about is wholeness. Uh huh. Because um, there is only one path. I mean, the, the one infinite creator is union and unity. There is nothing else except for the one infinite creator, which is whole. And so the positive path is a path that <clears throat> lives inside um, the it, the positive path, lives and works inside the energetics of wholeness. Uh, Not to create negativity, but to learn how to balance, accept, forgive, balance, you know, all of that, those those steps that we talked about is how we deal with so-called negative uh, catalysts. But the positive path is a pathway that learns how to um, live inside the the energetics of wholeness and then actually at some point begin to take upon themselves to steward wholeness making inside the third density body, you know, that, that we are the boots on the ground and we're going to create opportunities for wholeness to happen. These are healers and whatnot. The negative path also work inside wholeness, but they're emphasizing um, the Because inside wholeness, you would have a potential of opposite of any positivity. You would have a potential of a negative. It's just that the positive is activated, right? And if you're doing the positive path, but there's still at every activation of positivity, there is in the potential the exact opposite within the field of separation. And so (laughs) the people on the negative path are working to activate that which is in potential in the negative polarity they're they're trying to make and manifest and activate negativity or the path of separation or the path of falsity because there is no such thing as the separate path uh really because there's only wholeness there is only unity yeah. but um for a positive being who's choosing the positive positive path, it does not mean that I only need to think positive thoughts and oh my gosh, you know, that is that's a great way to really spiritually bypass. Instead, the positive being, like good counseling, would would help us. The positive being learns how to um open their heart, fully receive the catalyst that comes in no judgment uh, as much as we can, accept and then discern the best way to respond to it, which might be a very assertive boundary. But the difference is, is that I'm not going to demonize the other person and see them as less than me in dignity and inherent holiness, because they are whole within
0: the one infinite creator. Does that help or is that perfect thanks i'd love it if demarcus weighed in or anybody else uh, nothing else to add there okay i think
4: we can still acknowledge that there's a positive and negative path oh yeah hard enough um we realize they unify at the in sixth density but between anything less than sixth density there's still positive and pattern. and a negative path uh, and they still have important ramifications that we need to wrestle with
1: yeah polarity exists all the way through until the mid sixth density it's true that's why uh, i uh you'll see sometimes online when people are trying to graph out the um the split between the positive and negative um i try to envision instead of a y <laughs> i try to envision a p think of a p so you have like one path the spine of the p is like the one path because there is only w- one path it's the path of spiritual evolution into wholeness wholeness but around you know at and sometime in third density, you might say mid third density, when a being makes a decision for what polarity they're going to do, it it goes like it goes like negative, 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 very negative, very separated, and then you know right around fifth density, it starts to move back, and it's it's moving up too, moving back, and then when it reaches right here, Ross says like in the lower sixth density, which is the density of union and unity that a negative being who at this point is like super, super negative, like, I mean, black hole, negative, just complete sucking in. They would be so negative and so much um, have gone to the very edges of the love of self and manipulation of others and loving of oneself that they can no longer um, deny the fact that they are, the other person that they're trying to manipulate at that point, it becomes obvious that there is no difference in the nature of love that they have been learning about themselves for 2 billion years and the love that unites them with this other person. And so for the negative being to progress in the negative uh, path, in other words, they have that they want to progress, uh, they have to choose to flip into the positive path the only path there is and so that the p gets here so the
0: prodigal child always comes home
1: (laughs) you can think of it like fred's beard i mean it's you've got this like dark thing that goes right there it's all the way up to the chin and then somehow like in the mouth it all comes together Uh uh-huh
0: Anybody else? These are good questions.
1: Is this fascinating to you guys? I mean, is it interesting?
5: Doug, I have a quick question. Uh, you mentioned you were recording this, and I'm curious
1: yeah. where you see this. Uh, we have a Building Forth podcast. Um, so it's it's Apple, and I mean, you know, anybody can get them. They're free. Turns into a
0: podcast. Yeah. Yeah, we have something like
1: sixty or seventy episodes by now. It's good. Yeah, um, what are what are things that have intrigued you about the law of one? That the little you may not know much, or maybe you do know a lot. So I'm just curious if there's things that have intrigued you. I, I, I'm kind of intrigued by it. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I've just gotten
7: into it and I've been reading uh, one of the books, you know, read through the books a little bit, not that much. And it came in in a certain period of time in the 80s, right? And 90s through a certain group of people. And I'm just wondering if this is something that's going to continue to evolve and reveal itself or is it fixed in time, so to speak? You know, mm. I sort of see it as kind of reflecting that era a bit too. Mm. You know, the sentiment of, of, let's say, postmodern or new age culture, whatever you want to call it, of that time. And so, so that to me, I, I'm not, I'm curious about that.
1: Yeah. Because
7: there's a lot of channeled, you know, there's so much, it's a time where a lot of channeling started happening, happening in, you know, in our culture, mm-hmm. you know, a lot and um, for better or worse. And I'm curious about it. it Makes me think, gosh, was the Bible channeled?
4: A lot of it,
7: people, A lot (laughs) of the people wrote it years after Christ lived. And, you know, was it just channeled information that came through that writer? And so it's made me think about how we get cognitive knowledge as human beings and reflect on that a bit. And you know knowledge is structured in our ability to know which is evolving you know can we know what we you know what we know today in 2023 um it, is there some quality of the collective mind on, on the planet that's going to reveal more or less than 1660 or something or you know 300 bc so I, those are things i'm thinking i'm not asking for an answer on it but it's made me reflect on that cool then you have to separate the wheat from the chaff yeah on this like what's practical what's pastoral you know what part of the knowledge is actually useful for evolution a lot of it's very technical almost like quantum quantum mechanics of the soul Mm -hmm. quantum mechanics of individuality and you know quantum mechanics is useful and it's not you know. And so these are just things I'm reflecting on. Also, I'm seeing the university, uh, universality of it. You know, there's a lot of commonality with the, um, you know, the Vedic teachings, the chakras. It's interesting to hear about the nine, you know, and, in the Vedic system, there's nine grahas, the uh, planets that, um, you know, in, in the, uh, in the astrology of, of the Vedas and the grahas are all the different planets. So they're, Essentially, you know, personalities or intelligent quality is that we all have in us. Mm -hmm. Very similar to what you said. So this is all interesting to me. Cool. So I appreciate it. It's it's making me think a lot about the, um, you know, things. And also a thing that came up when we were talking about, you know, uh, going through the densities and clearly going from the first density, which is very primordial, of just, um, you know, being, survival, you know, punching into the relative. And then as we go up and up and up in universality, you know, for oneness to be experienced, there has to be something that's not one, oneness. Mm -hmm. There has to, you know, and and another term, you know, that pinged on to me is the concept, a Sanskrit term for Galatia Vidya. And it means the remains of, they call it ignorance. I don't like to use that word it's an English translation for not being one, <laughs> you know? And so there has to be some structure there. Yeah. To, uh, and I guess maybe that structure is the oversoul. I don't know. So anyhow, just my reflections, not, you know, no questions.
1: Thanks, Peter. Troy, did
4: you want to comment? I thought, Peter, your comment of uh, was the Bible channeled is an interesting one.
0: Um the
4: Paul of Tarsus had an interesting history. He got zapped on the road to Damascus and uh saw Jesus Christ in a vision, even though he had no uh physical contact with Jesus. He he you know came in the came to the scene after Jesus had already been crucified. So uh so he goes off to you know, this, his life was totally reoriented and he goes off to Tarsus and returns to his tent making. But he suggests to us that he had conversations with Jesus that were very intimate uh, over a period of five years while he was in Tarsus, And that's how he learned Christianity. And, and he was sort of became a leader in, in Christianity. So basically, I think he had this journal and he was, he was writing in it and getting channeled messages by all means. And uh, uh, that's sort of been a part of the faith journey for mystics to some degree, that kind of inner listening uh, through the ages. Um, And we call it channeling now, but I I think in the Old Testament, they were called prophets. And and in the early New Testament, uh, prophecy was uh, an honored uh, gift. And so yeah, I think they uh uh there was a kind of channeling that occurred uh in the early church and it's we're just sort of getting back to it a little, bit, a little bit.
1: Yeah, thank you. Let me let me just also say to you there, Peter, and for others, the the reason why the law of one came to be, um, Ra was saying, is that there was a calling for it. And you know, when the teacher is ready, I'm sorry, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So there was a kind of energetic way that uh, we, as a collective, were ready for that kind of depth. Yes, there were a lot of channeling that happened, but there was very, there were very, very, very few sixth density esque sources of love and wisdom the unity of love and wisdom together to have been channeled to the earth um, to where you have this melding of uh, an unveiled expression of the metaphysics behind what we see as reality and raw talks about that there's basically a transient things that are mentioned and then more essential things The transient things are often what people get very attached to Uh, a lot of disclosure advocates. It's all transient, you know, they're so interested in that, but the essential things, whether it's channeled in the eighties or whenever, and it stopped in 84, um, those are timeless and those are perennial wisdom nuggets uh, that can be matched with other forms of perennial sources to perfect congruence. and then in this and then law of one would I, in my opinion, the law of one would often actually take whatever congruence there were and be able to describe them without cultural overlay as much because it's more just straight metaphysics. Um, now it's not for everybody (laughs) not everybody needs to know how a lamborghini gets put together in order to enjoy it people can just get in a lamborghini and drive it Um, but for few people and ross said that wanderers are often very attracted to things like the law of one but there's so much channeling going on right now and ross said that uh mostly the channeling after their channeling is going to be fourth density channeling, because that's the density we're moving into. And so the veil between fourth density and us is very thin. So you have that capacity to channel and pick up and receive on this end.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, I want to add on to um,
3: pretty much the timelessness of the wall of one. Um, so, in addition to Ra, you know, coming and giving this material because of the calling, they they also walked amongst the Egyptians 11,000 years ago, and they taught the Egyptians the very same things that we were discussing in this group tonight. And unfortunately, unfortunately, there were distortions on the part of the Egyptians. And so, Ra, like I said, this this philosophy, this philosophy being so timeless, Ra came back in order to correct some of those distortions and to, to stay with the people of earth and to help us come into a more undistorted way and understanding of this law, one that they first planted to see for 11,000 years ago. So the fact that they've stayed with us, stayed with us this entire time and have, you know, worked in order to help us a better understanding and undistorted this philosophy that just tells you, you know, the dedication and the timelessness of this mm-hmm. philosophy.
1: But it also tells you how sixth density beings advance on their journey, because at that level, I mean, you could be considered high heavenly level with very little catalyst. The way that beings in higher densities evolve is precisely their service to mostly their density. And so they end up having a karmic entanglement, and that is then they have to learn how to serve as they're karmically entangled with our development here. And that's actually their pathway through the higher densities. So it's not something that's a problem. It's just part of the whole rubric of this octave.
0: Yeah. Uh, yes. Michael. I a question in the last two minutes. So in, uh,
6: 60 seconds or so. Um, is there a most efficacious way to access the higher self? I am completely with you on it in concept, including, uh, the
0: need to release it, but how does one get there?
1: Well, Rod did talk about the golden dawn as having, uh, kind of a white magical way that they they may invoke. But they they Ra did not give a specific um rubric or ritual. And Don had asked different ways for Ra to weigh in on what's the best way to meditate, what's the best way to do this and that. And and Ra did not want to infringe upon our free will. Um, Ra said that it's important to have the will to really desire and then have the faith that it's happening. Um, Ra talked about sometimes you can put on a cloak or some kind of uh, garb that would um, be an analogy, an analog to putting on the, the energetics. So it, it, it prepares the mind, body, spirit complex, and the third density to say um, welcome to over you know, the overshadowing. But my guess is is that. Uh, It happens, it can happen fairly regularly when a sixth density can come into third density. I've had experiences of this, I think, especially in counseling when things are kind of, all cylinders are firing. But I would also say you can talk to your higher self all the time. There's never a time when you don't have to. You can just have conversations and in fact, often that still voice that you might Intuit from time to time that you know is some kind of level of wisdom That is beyond you <laughs> and maybe you attribute it to God and that's okay because God is everything But it very well could have been your higher self Yeah
0: That's helpful. Thank you. You're welcome. I would, I would also expect intention
6: would be a, a also an important part of the will and the faith
1: of course it's part of, I think it's part of will is the intention. Yeah. yeah. Alan, and then we need to, we'll wrap up.
5: I just want to uh, speak to your question about what intrigues me about the law of one. And that is um, that uh, I, I come from a, a very fundamentalist evangelical Christian background my entire life. And um, there for a while um, before I left that I was seeking a a deeper there i just knew there was more Mm -hmm. um just a deeper understanding and the law of one feels like it satisfies that deeper knowing of reality and how things are you know and and the meanings behind um well and well I'll, i'll just say one other Thing um, I do have a desire. I would love to understand more about how some of the Law of One teachings map to biblical teachings. So that would be very interesting to me.
1: Well, have you read my blog? Uh, it's I write a lot on that. I have not. No, oh, okay. There's about that, f- there's about three hundred articles that deal with that. Oh, beautiful. So, um, okay. Well. This has been wonderful. We should have something like this again. Do you think that was this good and we can continue a dialogue at some point? Yeah, okay. Would somebody
0: like to close this out? Sure. Great.
6: All right. Thank the one infinite creator for expanding itself into everything that we see. And we give thanks for every experience, the joy, the pain, and the sunshine and rain. And we go
0: forth remembering that there is always this little part in us that is eternal and can connect to the silence and beauty of the Creator. Thank you to all the unseen friends and our ancestors and guides and just entities that
6: helped us find our way to this group and we go forth in service to others and just bring in some smiles to faces and doing what we can to make the earth a little better place amen
1: amen beautiful thank you so much neil